0: Welcome to another episode where Food Safety Genie goes vocal for local. The prime motive for this season is to go vocal for local. This pandemic has put us all in an extremely challenging situation, a good way to learn, and many ways to unlearn things we've been doing all these years. This has halted many businesses, especially the catering industry, where there is a relative scope for dine in. Until the pandemic completely recedes. Having said that, many have taken this as an opportunity to start their own business by curating their menu at home and selling via the delivery agents. In this series, we have collaborated with such people who adapted to the new normal and also provide visibility to small scale business. join in and listen to our guests speak about their journey and how optimistic they are about the future. today's episode we have Chef Susmita, who is the founder of India's first vegan restaurant Carrots Restaurant and Vegan Culinary Academy. Carrots Restaurant is based in Bengaluru and are in service for the past seven years. She's also the host of the Feel Good Factor, a podcast about meditation, joyfulness, well-being and about life's purposes. Not only that, she's also one of my biggest inspirations to do this podcast. So happy and honored to have you as a part of this episode. How have you been? Or instead, should I ask, how are you holding up?
1: Hi, Pavitra. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. And I'm so happy to know that listening to my podcast made you want to start yours too. We need more podcasts in the world and positive ones like the ones that you share. And uh, I see that, you know, I've listened to a few episodes and they're very, very useful and they have very, very useful information in them. Um, So I've been doing great. I've been loving staying at home during the lockdown. So it's been a nice experience for me I enjoy this time and uh, because I've uh, gotten to stay home I have time to learn more in terms of podcasting and many other things and I'm growing in terms of that also apart from just focusing on only my restaurant.
0: Right so tell us about your journey as an entrepreneur and as a chef.
1: So I turned vegan in 2003. So that's really, really long ago. And uh, people had no idea what even uh, what vegan even meant back then. And whenever we told people that um, we were vegans, uh, people would look at us like, you know, what is, what is that? And when we said that we don't have dairy products and no animal products, they'd look at us like we were crazy. So the journey started really ahead of the curve. And uh, because of that, at that point of time, there weren't many options available in the market. So I was forced to start exploring my own recipes, um, you know, learn how to make vegan alternatives in terms of milk curds and things like that. And of course, baking, because I love um, particularly chocolate cake and I had to learn how to do a vegan chocolate cake. You know, one of the first things that I learned in, um, in my vegan baking journey. Because of, uh, you know, because of my own experimentation and back then there weren't uh, many blogs and there wasn't much information out there about being vegan. You know, now you just search for vegan recipe and innumerable recipes come up in videos, blogs and whatnot. Uh, But back then, really, there wasn't much available. So I decided to start my blog, uh, Veganosaurus and whatever I experimented with at my own home. I just post those recipes on the blog so people could try them and see that it's actually quite easy and not just easy but also so interesting and there's so much variety in plant-based vegan cooking and once I started to do that now one of my passions has always been teaching I love teaching stuff that I know so. Again, naturally, when it came to vegan cooking, I started teaching people. I would go work with different restaurants Um, in the mid, uh, in in the late 2000s. There were a couple of restaurants in Bangalore who wanted to introduce uh, a vegan menu or do like a little pop up event with vegan uh, food in it with a cooking demo and things like that. So I worked with a few of them and I was on my journey that way. Then in 2013, a guy called Krishna Shastri started Carrots Restaurant. And Carrots is India's first vegan restaurant. So you can imagine how excited I was when I found out about the restaurant, you know. So I was one of their uh, most enthusiastic customers. I would go there all the time and, um, you know, teach them recipes, tell them, okay, do this, don't do that. And, you know, how to improve their uh, menu and things like that. I would also promote them among my friends on social media and everywhere. So closer to the end of the year, Krishna asked me if I would like to join the restaurant as a team member. And since I was already anyway on this path of uh, somehow, you know, with vegan food and things like that, at some point I wanted to start my own uh, vegan cafe, restaurant, some kind of food business. So I committed one year to him. I said, I'm going to join you for a year and, uh, you know, we can work together and then see where that goes. After that, I might just take off and start my own place. And it started that way, but in just a couple of months of joining the restaurant, it felt like home. (laughs) I just (laughs) knew that this was the place for me, Uh, you know, the working environment, the team and everything, everything, the whole energy was so wonderful and it was the perfect fit for me. So then I became a partner and by the end of 2014, I had taken over the running of the restaurant and along with my team, I've been running it ever since then.
0: What inspired you to go vegan?
1: So I was a vegetarian all my life. And uh, so I would have, uh, of course, lots of dairy products like most Indian vegetarians, um, particularly curds. I'm, as a South Indian, I love curds. <laughs> so I would have a lot <laughs> of that. And I would eat egg if you know if it was hidden inside cake. And if I couldn't smell it or something like that, I'd be like, oh, okay, no problem. I'll eat it. Otherwise, I wouldn't actually actively eat egg. So that's that was what I grew up being. And not out of any uh, conscious choice. It was more because my family was vegetarian. I was vegetarian. Then I found out about what happens in the dairy industry, the cruelties, the practices in the dairy industry. And that gave me such a shock. And um, initially, I didn't want to know about it. Uh, Whoever told me about it, I'm like, you know, I don't want to know. Just keep quiet. I want my milk. I want my curds, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I thought it was all giving up everything. And it meant that I have to just sacrifice and lead a very boring life. It, It is such a big misconception that I had. Um, But then finally, when I did look into it, how the particularly the part of how, you know, the mother cow is made to be pregnant again and again, just so she can produce milk and how the baby, you know, very little in the in, especially in the larger dairy farms, uh, the baby is barely given any milk, you know, and they're just separated. And then, you know, the cow, the mother, she's used as a milking machine. The male calves are generally sent for slaughter because not all of them can, uh, you know, there is no use for them in the dairy industry. And the female calves are put into the same cycle as the mother giving birth again and again and, you know, having to produce milk. This reduces their whole, uh, even life expectancy, like the the uh, their life becomes half the amount of what it naturally should be. And it's a very sad and difficult life. And, you know, as a vegetarian, I was always very smug. I used to think that I I'm not hurting animals, I'm not killing animals. But then I realized that actually dairy is worse than meat, because with meat, the animal is sent to slaughter directly. Whereas with dairy, She has to suffer again and again and again. And then finally, she is sent to slaughter. So after knowing all this, I'm like, you know what? My taste buds don't matter. I'm going vegan. But having gone vegan, I realized what a myth I had in my mind because it changed my life completely. And it was the most amazing, fantastic thing to happen to me. Because of going vegan i discovered this whole new variety of foods whole new variety of recipes and cuisines things that i probably never wouldn't you know never would have even tried if i had not thought weak. about having <laughs> yeah, yeah i wouldn't have i mean who would have thought you can make curds with peanuts right like things like that yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it changed my life uh, for the best and you know, I, I, it's like looking back, I'm like, I should have gone vegan sooner. And that, that's the only thought I have about it. It's just, it's just helped me so much
0: in my entire life. Right. So what are uh, some of the causes or movements that you're passionate about? Personally,
1: for me, I've uh, always been into spirituality, uh, not, not not religion, but more spirituality in terms of uh, uh, more like uh, healing and being kind and loving to everybody and, you know, Reiki and uh, meditation, things like that. That's what I've always been into. And uh, this is something that I've had an interest in from a very young age. Uh, it just developed more as I grew up. And uh, then, you know, uh, being vegan, that actually helped me on my path to spirituality also because I feel that I can meditate better, focus better. I have a much better energy because I'm not putting into my body anything that comes from, you know, the harm and the pain of uh, another fellow uh, being on this planet. Apart from this, uh, I, you know, of course, women's rights, women's help, women helping women, this is something that uh, is very close to my heart and uh, even as... As an entrepreneur myself, I make very sure... Over the years, I've made very sure that I have mentored many other women who have wanted to start their own conscious or uh, vegan, uh, particularly food business. And I'm always there to guide them and, you know, to make sure that uh, because we were the first, we didn't know we had to learn everything ourselves, but we can actually help others avoid the mistakes we made. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. So these are a few of the things I'm very, very uh, passionate about.
0: Yeah, so like you had mentioned way back in 2003, there was no scene where, I mean, people were not aware of uh, the word vegan or uh, the term veganism. Now that with, uh, uh, you know, increase in technology and economy, and people are more and more aware because of, like you said, by blogging or social media. Do you think in future there will be a lot of people who will turn vegan because of... uh, many, uh, you know, environmental issues pertaining to, uh, you know, the animals and other aspects?
1: Yes, absolutely. I do believe this. And uh, there are two reasons for this. Uh, One is, I see the trend in the West and countries which have been primarily, uh, you know, meat uh, who have followed primarily meat based meat heavy diets, even there, the number of vegans has increased so much. So I feel that in India a country where, you know, vegetarianism is so common for us that it's, you know, we don't think twice about how to be vegetarian. So being vegan, uh, it comes very, you know, it's naturally all, all we need is uh, people to be more aware and, of course, veganism will, will increase. And like you said, um, another reason is just here, what, what I'm seeing within India itself, people are becoming aware of uh, the ethical, the environmental, the health, all these aspects of going vegan. And just in the past, uh, I I can say, About, uh, so before carrots was started, uh, you know, seven, eight years ago, all the vegans in India knew each other. We were so few of us. But now, in the past uh, five, six years, the way things have grown, they're like, you know, thousands upon thousands of vegans. So, I can see an exponential growth in the number of vegans expand, and a lot of uh, increase in awareness among uh, people and people considering this more and more. And I do believe, I don't know if it will happen in our lifetime, but I do believe the future is going to be, uh, vegan is going to be the norm. And in fact, the word vegan itself is going to become uh, redundant. <laughs>
0: right it's because i i i believe that a few years back when leonardo dicaprio or uh, Joaquin phoenix when they won the academy award and when they spoke and uh, when they stressed upon the importance of going vegan that's when people started you know, uh, getting more inspired, learning more about it and watching more of their shows where in Netflix there's something called as the Cowspiracy. And that's when I feel that most of the friends and families that I know have already turned into vegans. So do you think people like, you know, big, major people like them could inspire and, uh, you know, create some awareness? Yeah, absolutely. I I do believe that
1: uh, people in a position of power, people in a position where people will listen to them speak uh, can create huge impacts. But I also believe that an equally big impact is being created in a small scale level where each one of us, every yeah. single person who's going vegan, we are seeing such a huge benefit of this that we are talking to our friends, our family members. It's something that we can't shut up about because it's just so amazing for us. And we want everyone we love to be able to, you know, get onto this life. Um, this is uh, and and just experience all its benefits. So I feel activism on all levels, whether it is a micro level, micro nano influencer level, or whether it's a major, you know, people with millions of followers, influencer level, um, in every step of the way, activism is constantly happening and uh, all these things are definitely going to help uh, grow the movement
0: right so do you think shortly there will be equal chances for women in catering industries because uh, as far as i know it's a male dominated and a very few women like you have turned the tables and are now independent restauranteurs
1: See um I will not be I'm not much of an expert on the matter of the industry in general but what I can tell you is in the subsection of my industry that is the vegan section of the food industry most of the businesses that are run are women run so this is what I'm seeing. so I feel that i'm I'm not very sure whether you know in the formal uh, lines when people go through hotel management and go through the formal route of uh, being educated uh, in the food industry and then growing, uh, I really don't know what the trend is out there in the world uh, though I am seeing more and more fantastic women chefs being um, highlighted all around. but what I can say is when it comes to a conscious food business, whether One is vegan, of course, and I've also seen overall even organic. Um, you know uh, food and other you know things where some kind of a, a bigger cause is being supported through somebody's business. I'm seeing more of those in the smaller scale are being uh, run by women. so uh, yes you know the, if, if, if the if the normal route doesn't make a way for us, the women will make our own roads <laughs> you know starting our own small businesses, our own independent organizations and and uh, growing very very well in this path.
0: Yes, I think we are meant to be, or we are born to be a multitasker.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a more than multitasker, I would say, like, a, you know, a multi-passionate entrepreneurs is what I call myself, where exactly. you, women have multiple yeah. interests. Not, It's not a women thing, but in general. And we, we have a tendency to, you know, be able to actually focus on all these varied interests and uh, bring things forward and and i also feel more than anything else this term um I won't say it's just women, but generally the overall feminine energies, say of kindness, collaboration, you know, not being competitive. These kind of energies are the ones that are the future. Because I see with, uh, you know, whether it's a food business or other businesses, I see that collaborating and growing together versus competing, uh, that is the future and that is what is uh, taking things forward. And I feel that a lot of women um, have a tendency to go towards uh, collaboration quite easily
0: yeah rightly said so how has this pandemic affected you and your business with limited dine-in experience or allowance there is this additional problem of the staff members permanently abandoning cities how do you think restaurants can stay afloat well you know on the the Personally, me,
1: I have been okay with the pandemic. Like I said, I've actually like being home, but my business has, uh, the restaurant has been affected uh, pretty, pretty seriously. Um, in the middle of June, we were actually in the point of uh, closing. We thought, you know, we need to shut down either temporarily or permanently because we can't do this anymore. Somehow we managed until then, but, uh, but uh, yeah, some you know, we we had uh, support from many directions, and we have been able to continue to move uh, forward. Um, I think the you know we are not open for dining personally because we don't want to risk getting our staff infected or you know in in, in any any of this uh, risk with the pandemic happening anyway not a lot of people are going out to you know to dine out especially not people who eat at restaurants like ours which are you know focused on health and things like that so we are doing deliveries and I feel that uh, delivery companies like uh, danzo are such a boon at a time like this um they de- they've been delivering across Bangalore and and, you know, most of our customers are booking through them and getting the food delivered home. And of course, we are available, you know, we have the food available for takeaways. So many people are concerned about plastic and packaging waste. So they are welcome to come and, you know, bring their own boxes and we pack it up for them, Box. you know, then they, so they can take it away. So uh, I think... The only way to go forward now, you know, at least for the next six months to a year, things aren't going to be changing and we have to be prepared for that. And the only way to go forward is uh, to scale down. Um, so, I, and when it comes to the staff, the point that you, you know, spoke about, you know, uh, people going moving, back. moving yeah. away it's, it's kind of sad in the industry because it's not actually them abandoning the city it's more like them getting abandoned all around us like all my for, for us for us at Carrots our team is our biggest asset and they are very precious to us so you know like the first thing we did as soon as the pandemic hit was uh, we moved them into the restaurant so we already had a place for them to stay at like a small house but we moved them into the restaurant so that they are safe there's a larger space and there's food and everything else available and we are like okay even if there's a lockdown they are safe and they have things uh, for them and um the the you know our team has the same kind of love for us too and uh, they they worked hard through the time throughout uh, with the with the minimal sales just do whatever they can and stuff like that uh, but then at some point we decided we have to scale down we can't keep moving forward like this and we chose the guys who stay really far away Like, you know, Arunachal Pradesh and things where it's not very easy to get there uh, all the time. And we're like, if there is a risk of uh, another shutdown and if they are not able to get home and their families were already quite worried and they wanted them back. So what we did is we flew them all out uh, to their hometowns and then we have only three guys. So... Totally normally Carrots runs with 11 staff members, but we have come down to only three guys and the three of them, out of the three, two of them live at the restaurant and one of them lives very close to the restaurant and they are managing things. So that scaling down, helped us um, and of course scale down in such a way you don't you you know I, I i have to say this to all the people in the restaurant the food industry don't just abandon your staff take care of them if you need to scale down at least make sure the least you can do is make sure they are reaching home very safely if nothing else that that's the least you can do um so scale down that way second is our rent. Rent is again a huge overhead. So we were ready to move out uh, of our location, maybe move into a tinier place. We were considering what to do. But uh, our building owner was has been very kind and uh, he reduced our rent considerably. And he said that, you know, at this lower end why don't you uh, stay back here and I'll give you time for, uh, for a few months to keep trying it this way and we'll see how it goes. So scaling down just the rent and stuff, these two big cost cuttings,
0: you okay yeah i'm fine sorry very very (laughs) sorry yes please continue
1: i'll continue you want to drink some water or something
0: yeah yeah, i'll get some water just give me two minutes yeah yeah
1: i'll wait no problem
0: Yes, ma'am. Please please do continue. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so, cutting down the staff and cutting down, I mean, the, the overheads, the two major overheads are salaries and rent. And somehow, if you are able to cut that down, you'll be able to last for a few months. One is that, you know. And then the other way to cut down costs is to reduce the menu so our menu is huge it's generally our menu is like about 40 pages long um, but we kind of brought it down to a one page menu and we've only certain popular items um, which don't require too many ingredients to be stored uh, on the menu and that's helping us again you know continuing on that and uh, often um, you know we do specials so we announce specials and we take orders and based on the orders we order ingredients and make this special like for example last week was uh, Eid so for a few days we did uh, biryani we did a vegan mock meat biryani and we don't have that normally on the menu because it requires a lot of expensive ingredients but because we had orders based on the orders we made the special so I think few of these things will help businesses um, you know these kind of tricks will help businesses somehow survive because right now we're not looking at uh, profiting we're looking at just surviving through this you know (laughs) once you survive through this On the other side, there is uh, a lot of promise, I believe.
0: Uh, Yes. So when you were talking about uh, decreasing the menu and then uh, going with at least weekly one specialized menu, uh, that uh, got me an idea to ask you if uh, cloud kitchens are going to be the future trend of this industry. Hmm.
1: Mm I yep. I do believe that yes you know cloud kitchens are definitely the future because uh, this is not you know this pandemic is not just a one-time thing it's not going away when it goes away something else is going to come uh we are never going back to how it was at uh, in the beginning of this year <laughs> it's it's going yes. to be a completely different formula so i do believe cloud kitchens are the future um so anybody who's starting a new food business uh, they should definitely get into cloud kitchens and not start a cafe or a restaurant uh so yes you know that that is Surely, the future.
0: Right. So, let's talk a bit about the food safety aspect. So, I've been having this in mind. So, there are certain high-risk plant-based foods like your tofu, lentils, beans, almond milk, or the vegan bread, uh, which goes bad and are more susceptible to food poisoning when they are pre-cooked and if they are not stored and handled properly. So, what Mm -hmm. are the food safety measures that you follow to prevent contamination and to prevent such incidents?
1: See, to begin with, we make everything fresh and in small batches and things like bread and uh, milk and all what you're saying, we only make it when the order comes. And... We okay. make it fresh, we pack it and send it to people and we tell them, keep it in the fridge, use it only within the couple of days, depending on the, you know, some things like curds have a much longer because it's fermented, it has a longer shelf life and then the milk has a shorter shelf life and we explain this to them. So we we don't, everybody knows, whoever's ordering from us knows that we're making things fresh, we are not adding preservatives, they know exactly what's going into it and they are willing to finish, uh, you know, uh, finish consuming the products within that uh, very, very limited uh, time period. Uh, Some things, uh, you know, for for example, when we make a gluten-free bread, uh, we tell people if you just keep it in the fridge in two days, you need to finish it. But freeze half of it and keep. And then the frozen one, It's pretty nice once you take it out, slice it and uh, toast it and have. So these kind of, um, you know, we we always tell our customers what to do. And of course, they already know that there are no preservatives. And within the restaurant itself, of course, what we, you know, we follow all the regular safety required measures when it comes to, you know, wearing gloves, wearing a cap, wearing a mask and uh, checking the temperature of the team. And those things are anyway being uh, followed, you know, regular hand washing, regular cleaning of the counters. I think uh, because we are not using dairy, we are not using these animal products, that risk of cross-contamination, there's so much of risk that it's is already cut off. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. you know, it's much safer. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think the best measure is to make everything... Uh, in small batches, in fresh, and this is something we are not doing only now, we've always done this. We believe in making things fresh, small batches, finish it off. And we make everything in-house, that's another thing. Whether it's milks, curds, breads, uh, our dips and spreads and sauces, there are very few things that we buy prepared, packaged ingredients, most of it is done in-house, so that gives us full control on, you know, how much to make, <laughs> We know, how much to use, and then Definitely. And also the
0: wastage is also uh, reduced yes, for the yes, day.
1: Yes, definitely wastage is reduced uh, because of this.
0: So I read it in a research article that the Federation of Indian Animal Protection Organization mm-hmm. has urged the FSSCI to promote plant-based foods as an immunity builder and to seek hygiene and safety practices for those meat and slaughterhouses during this pandemic. So, what's your thought on this?
1: Oh, FIAPO um, uh, does a great job and it's not just FIAPO. I think there are so many organizations in India who are, you know, there is uh, HSI, MFA, there's so many of them uh, around uh, here who are doing uh, very good work to get some changes made uh, on the government level, right? So, what we can do is we can only do our own level and we can control and we can uh, spread awareness and teach people how to cook their own vegan food, Uh, but working at the government level is, is not a very easy task. And I'm very happy to hear yeah. that FIAPO is working with the government to make sure to particularly promote uh, plant-based foods. Because, yes, you know, you um, dairy, for example, is uh, is a huge problem. Uh, a producer of phlegm in your it it, it uh, actually generates more phlegm in your body so imagine like a, a respiratory related disease the first thing you do is you cut out dairy and that's going to change your whole life and um so i'm i'm happy to know that they're promoting this and I'm also seeing that overall people in general are also becoming aware that you know switching to plant-based is a much healthier option it is going to help boost their immunity and they will do better even by some chance they get sick they are going to heal much better and a much quicker way.
0: So um, in FSSCI uh, so FSSCI does not have a unified category and regulation particularly for plant-based food or the vegan ingredients. So, how do you adapt to the standards? Like, for example, for we have daily and dairy products or uh, sweeteners and including the honey. But we don't have something for like tofu or uh, other products which comes under vegan. So, how do you adapt to the standards? See, whatever comes under
1: plant foods, right, in general, like however, how, wh- whatever you, you say... Whether it's vegetables, nuts, or seeds, grains, uh, that applies to the vegan alternatives, I would say, because it's basically yeah. what you're doing is just taking plant foods, cooking them and preparing and making all these milks and stuff. So it's nothing different, uh, you know, it's not it doesn't have to be a new category like, a, you know, a plant dairy alternatives category, like how the dairy category is required because dairy category, uh, the amount of, uh, you know, the, the risk of contamination from and also this process of extracting it uh, you know, or, or rather milking the cow and then taking the milk, transporting it, the things they need to add to preserve it and all these things there are no complications, it's a lot more simple and a lot more uh, risk-free and easy to deal with the plant-based products so um, yeah we just you know i we feel like if we uh, maintain standard hygiene uh, cleanliness and you know handling of the products that itself covers everything uh, very well and another thing i'd like to add is uh apart from you know the FSSI standards one thing um but i would say in some cases uh, there are limitations there too because we have seen so many people with very serious allergies, um, who are who do come yeah. to the restaurant, they order, you know, gluten free, they orders nut free, soy free and things like that. And uh, yeah. and, and yeah. I do believe FSSI needs to actually set a lot more standards for those also to make sure that um, allergen free ingredients, allergen free cooking is possible. That is very important. And, uh, you know, in uh, in my team, Everybody from the service staff to the kitchen, you know, all the chefs and cooks and everybody is aware of, uh no cross-contaminating when it comes to allergens. So it's some, yeah. yeah, so they're very care, they care about it. So that itself, again, you know, it's a different level of safety standard. If somebody comes and orders uh, falafel, but they uh, have a gluten allergy, we will not fry the falafel in the same oil in which something with breadcrumbs has been fried. We will take a separate thing and do a gluten-free frying for them, you know, just to make sure that not even a speck of contamination happens.
0: Right. So when you were talking, it just struck me that because this particular plant-based has uh, many allergens like your nuts or soy. So how, yeah, it's a great way to understand the importance of the allergens and what kind of allergies pertaining to it and then work accordingly. It's a great way if a particular restaurant follows. You know,
1: that it's very funny because the reason we were even aware of allergens is because the moment we became fully plant or rather the moment we are like okay we are a plant-based restaurant we realized already half the allergens are cut out because people have allergies to shellfish to dairy to eggs uh, yes crustaceans. You know, yes yeah. so all those allergies are automatically out of our menu only <laughs> uh, so yeah the uh, you know the plant-based things uh, those you know, the allergens that people may be affected by, whether it is gluten or nut or soy or anything like that, those allergens are there in even the non-vegan places also. So, I feel that every place needs to be very very careful when it comes to maintaining allergy standards and it's not like, uh, uh, you know, vegan places have more uh, allergens in them, it's just that we are more aware of the allergens than the others. Yeah.
0: Right. So we've come to the end of the uh, episode. So I loved conversing with you and it was a revelation to know more about veganism and plant-based foods. So glad that I could get to know all of this information from one of the pioneers of the veganism in India. Before we go, can you share the Instagram handle of your restaurant page, your page, and as well as your podcast uh, details?
1: sure sure and uh, I'd like to say thank you so much Pavit I'm so happy to be on uh, talking about this you know uh, veganism on a food safety podcast because seriously when it comes to food safety not a lot of people think on the angles of how much of a difference being plant based can make so thank you so much uh, for having me here and asking all these relevant questions which I hope uh, you know it really helps all your uh, listeners um, so I- I- anybody if you would like to get in touch if you'd like to follow us on uh, social media on instagram Uh, so for the restaurant it's uh, carrots restaurant c-a-r-r-o-t-s-r-e-a-s-t-a-u-r-a-n-t so carrots restaurant is the instagram handle for the restaurant um my personal instagram handle is uh, veganosaurus v-e-g-a-n-o-s-a-u-r-u-s uh, you can also go to veganosaurus.com to find all my different links and everything and my podcast is called the feel good factor so you just search for the feel good factor or search for susmita veganosaurus uh, on any of the podcast apps and uh, it will come up and uh, pavitra thank you for pronouncing my name right i really appreciate it <laughs> not everybody oh yeah be
0: This is one of uh, my way of telling you that I've been listening to your podcast and the way you pronounce your name.
1: Thank you. That means a lot to me.
0: Of course, Uh, because your voice, like I said before, your voice is too sweet to forget.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Pavitra. All right. So uh, thanks, uh, everyone, for listening to me. And uh, thanks, Pavitra, for having me here.
0: If you enjoyed this particular episode, please do rate, review, follow and subscribe on your preferred podcast channel either via Apple, Google, Spotify, Listener, Breaker, Stitcher, etc. If you'd like to be notified about the upcoming episodes, please do subscribe to my website www.pavitrakrishnabrasa.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm Pavitra. I'm looking forward to talking to you soon. Until then, bye.